I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, I will give you my mid-2017 television report card and select my top 10 favorite series of the year so far. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun, and I really think that... I think that Brett's a stand-up guy. He's a real class act. Just not here. Again. So it's just me. Again. I'll tell you all about an interesting new show coming to Netflix. First, it's the news. From the couch. Perfection. A scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now? How close? Maybe that's why Val and Earl... Decided to leave town. Hey, hold up. That's Edgar Deans. They just picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. You guys better get the hell out of here. There's a killer on the loose. After first hearing about it in late 2015, we finally have confirmation that Kevin Bacon is returning to perfection to once again do battle with. The Graboids in a new Tremors television series. The cult classic comedy horror from 1990 is now being developed for television, specifically for the Sci-Fi Network. Bacon will reprise his role of Valentine McKee, but also serve as executive producer. Who could be doing it? Is that a snake? I'll give you boys five dollars for this. Twenty. how they get you. They're under the ground. What the hell are those things? How could they eat a whole station wagon? Bacon says, quote, it's the only character I've ever played that I was interested in exploring 25 years later. It is a really good movie. I don't go back and watch my movies because we were doing this one. I had to go back and look at it. It's just the idea of this loser who is living a very ordinary life and has an extraordinary experience with these monsters and becomes, for a moment, a hero. End quote. The first Tremors was about a tiny little Nevada town that found itself the target of giant sandworms. No Richter scale can measure it. They're coming! No scientist can explain it. Bert, they're under the ground! Penetration even with the alpha gun. Run, run! And no one knows what to call it. Megaworms or suckers or or suckoids. Now this valley is just one long smorgasbord. Now it's up to Val and Earl to save the world. That's one big mother. Who died and made you Einstein? And they know just what to do. Flip for it. Damn. They actually played rock, paper, scissors. Val lost. A sequel for Tremors arrived in 1996, and it was terrible! And then they kept going with direct-to-video sequels. Another sequel, a prequel, and then in 2015, Tremors 5, Bloodlines. We have a situation in Africa. There's been another attack. We've got Bramwise. Well, I'm sure as hell ain't Mickey Mouse. There actually already has been a Tremors television series in 2003, but it didn't last. Bacon is currently starring in the Amazon show, I Love Dick. No word on when this new Tremors show will come to pass. Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, Tremors. I'm number one.
number one on your speed dial right next to your weed dealer. Please call me. McGill! James McGill! I'm an attorney! It's showtime, folks. Have no fear. If you're a fan of this show, no spoilers are coming in this story. One of the best shows on TV. We'll be back for a fourth season. The Breaking Breaking Bad prequel. There we go. Better Call Saul. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Hamlin, and I won't have it. What can we do for you, Jimmy? The show is about lawyer Jimmy McGill, who is a con man, yeah, but he's got a good heart. Unfortunately, as we know from Breaking Bad, he eventually becomes a slimeball lawyer known as Saul Goodman. So if you want to make more money and uh, keep the money that you make, better call Saul. Season 3 of Better Call Saul just wrapped up last week as the third highest rated drama on cable among adults 2554 with 2 million viewers. Its overall ratings were 3.6 million, which would be bad on network TV, but for a prestige cable drama, that's excellent. It's maybe the best straight up drama on television. I love it. Expect 10 more episodes on AMC in 2018. If I had to do it all over again. I would do some things differently. Hello? Eureka, Billy Jean! It's Bobby, Bobby Riggs. Listen, I had a great idea. Male chauvinist pig versus hairy-legged feminist. No offense. You're still a feminist, right? I'm a tennis player who happens to be a woman. Go hang up. And by the way, I shave my legs. A new trailer debuted this week for Battle of the Sexes, based on the big... 1973 tennis match between Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs, who are played by Emma Stone and Steve Carell. We are privileged tennis fans to have the great Billie Jean King. Word is you are a renegade. Women should be paid and respected equally. I admire what you guys are doing. You're offering the men's winner eight times what you're offering the women's winner. The men are simply more exciting to watch. It's just biology. The Battle of the Sexes featured the world's number one women's tennis player, Billie Jean King, and ex-men's champion Bobby Riggs, who was also known for being a gambler and a hustler. I am not saying that women don't belong on the court. Who would pick up the balls otherwise? Oh my God. You know what I'm doing? I'm cooking. I'm cooking! There isn't a single thing I don't hate about Bobby Riggs. $100,000 to any woman who can beat Bobby Riggs. Is she out there, and does she have the nerve? Call Bobby. Tom's on. The event ended up being way more important than a tennis match, turning the spotlight on gender equality, and it pushed the feminist movement forward. Business, sports, you name it. The very top, it's the man's world. If I can't beat Bobby Riggs, he's never going to let it go. We are live in three... I'm gonna be the best. Two. That way I can really. One. Change things. The film co stars Sarah Silverman, Elizabeth Shue, Alan Cumming, and Bill Pullman, just to name a few. Battle of the Sexes debuts September 22nd. When we dare to want a little bit more, just a little bit of what you've got, that's what you can't stand. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna put the show back in chauvinism. He can talk all he likes. 
Dinosaurs can't play tennis. Oh. 40 million people are watching. Any last words? I'm done talking. Let's play. The battle you've all been waiting to see. The battle of the sexes. Jackie Chan is out for vengeance in the first trailer for The Foreigner. 20,000 pounds for the names of the bombers. That's not how we do things here. Hello? Mr. Hennessy, he's here again. That's five days in a row now. What does he want? His daughter was killed in the bombing. Please find out the names of the bombers. I work for the government, not terrorists. You used to work for them. I don't know who the bombers are. I don't believe you. Chan plays a humble London businessman named Quan, whose daughter is killed in an act of politically motivated terrorism. Quan wants the name of the bombers, and we start to learn that he's not just a humble businessman. He has a particular set of skills. Him. You would tell me the names of the bombers. They kill me on Tuesday. He's trained. Bury me on Wednesday. Maybe special forces. Mom for me Thursday. Stop! She's wearing the blue. You gotta let me go. He just wants you to know he can get to you. What is going on? He thinks I know who blew up his daughter. Do you? He ends up taking on a British government official, played by Pierce Brosnan, with kind of an awkward accent. Quan believes that government official knows who set off the bomb. If he knows, he's not telling. So Chan goes on a rampage. He's an old man running circles around a lot of us. He's ahead of us every step of the way. The screenplay for The Foreigner was adapted from a Stephen Leather novel called The Chinaman. It opens October 13th this year. Yes, I do. Do you? I want my brother back, please, if it's all the same. What's said is said. But I didn't mean it. Oh, you didn't. Please, where is he? You know very well where he is. Everything that I have done for you. Your brother's in The Labyrinth. Cool news for Labyrinth fans this week. The late David Bowie and composer Trevor Jones' soundtrack for the fantasy film is coming to colored vinyl later this summer. It will be released on limited edition green and lavender vinyl, limited to 1,500 copies of each worldwide. You remind me of the babe. If you're unfamiliar with the film, it's from 1986 and was a fantasy film full of brilliant puppet work courtesy of Jim Henson and his team. Jennifer Connelly was the lead character while David Bowie starred as the Goblin King and also wrote and recorded five original songs. Left my baby 
As for the soundtrack's re-release on vinyl, it's happening via a group called You Me, and you can pre-order the album at You Discovered, that's spelled with the letter U. The soundtrack's vinyl release will not be exclusive to these limited-release colored records. There will also be a second pressing on black vinyl, available the same day. It was actually already released on vinyl on May 12th, and there was huge demand. The Labyrinth soundtrack arrives on colored vinyl August 4th. You're no match for me, Sarah. But I have to have my brother back. He's there, in my castle. You have 13 hours in which to solve the labyrinth before your baby brother becomes one of us forever. That is the news from The Couch. Up next, we'll tell you what's coming to home video and Netflix. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett McGarry. Jeff Braun is away this week. We are at the Couch Potatoes. Time now to have a look at what is new on home video this upcoming week. Actually, one is already out on digital HD as of Friday. The Lost City of Zed, a movie based on the 2009 book of the same name, describing real events surrounding British explorer Percy Fawcett, who was looking for an ancient city in the Amazon. Also out on digital HD. So again, we're talking about platforms like iTunes or Google Play. On Tuesday, July 4, that cartoon, The Boss Baby, where Alec Baldwin is the voice of a baby. We babies are having a crisis. Babies aren't getting as much love as we used to. Behold our mortal enemy, puppies. No, that's exactly the problem. And looking ahead to Friday, July 7, the Scarlett Johansson movie based on the gigantically popular Japanese manga, Ghost in the Shell. They cast a white lady to play a Japanese character. Scarlett Johansson always gives it her all, but I think they blew it with that casting decision. Only one major release on Blu-ray DVD on demand. Jessica Chastain stars in The Zookeeper's Wife. And finally, we'll look at what is new on Netflix, starting with a bunch of movies. Starting with a documentary, Oasis Supersonic, initially released last fall. It looks at the band's phenomenal rise in the mid to late 90s. There's also the Best Picture-nominated Hacksaw Ridge, Snowden, Keeping Up with the Joneses, Last Vegas, Southside with You, movie I've never heard of, but apparently it's about a young Barack and Michelle Obama, X-Men Days of Future Past, and uh, then there's a new comedy series called The Stand-Ups, There's a kid's show called Dawn of the Croods, which is based on the animated movie from a couple of years back called The Croods. Season two of another kid's show called Luna Petunia. And this is interesting. When I saw this on the list, the grade sixer in me got excited for Castlevania. There is a darkness upon the land. A savior is needed. Are you the man who killed Dracula? That's right, Castlevania, like the video game, released in North America in 1987 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. They're still making Castlevania games today, and now this animated series on Netflix. And uh, just to get off track for a second, those Castlevania games for the Nintendo, they were hard. 
I never even came close to finishing the first one, nor the third one, Dracula's Curse, even with a cheat code that got me to the last level. I don't think I was able to beat it. I was able to beat Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, because that was a different style. It was like a mix of a role-playing game and a normal action game, so it was kind of weird and sort of stupid, really. But I had a, I bought a magazine with all these maps and stuff that helped me beat the game. I don't think it was Nintendo Power. I can't remember. Anyway, sorry. Uh, also, if you want to watch a funny video about that game, Castlevania 2, watch the Angry Video Game Nerd video on YouTube. This game sucks. That's how he starts the video. By the way, speaking of Castlevania, interesting news about that. You know what? We'll get to that in a moment. And then the 2017 television report card, mid-year edition. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett McGarry. Jeff Braun is away this week. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. And we were talking about Castlevania because Netflix is debuting a Castlevania cartoon on July 7th. And then I started talking about the Castlevania video games. And I should also point out as well, Castlevania 4 will be on the Super Nintendo Classic Edition. That's right, it was just announced this week. Like the NES Classic from last year, this system looks like the old system, but it's miniaturized, and it will contain 21 classic Super Nintendo games, including Super Mario World, Super Mario Kart, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, F-Zero, Super Metroid, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Punch-Out, Donkey Kong Country, Mega Man X, Super Castle, pardon me, Castlevania 4, and Star Fox! Remember Star Fox? Oh yeah, I love this music. Anyway, get this. The SNES Classic will also have the never-released Star Fox 2! Crazy. Anyway, if you want to get your hands on this... Yeah. Sorry, if you want to get your hands on this, you might want to pre-order. Nintendo says it's going to make more copies than they did last year with the NES Classic, which sold out in minutes, and they only did one release. I don't get it. That's so stupid! Why? They could make tons of money off of that thing. They make one edition, and then they don't release more? I just... Doesn't that seem dumb to you? Anyway, the SNES Classic launches in Canada September 29th for 100 bucks. Alright. Just gonna... Say goodbye to Star Fox. It is time now to begin the 2017 mid-year report card on television. My top 10 TV shows of 2017 so far. And these are just of the shows that I have watched. I am not declaring these the best shows on TV. So if there's a show that is missing, the show that you watch that is missing, I'm not saying the shows I watch are better than the shows that you watch. I'm just saying of the shows that I watch. And there are many of them. These are my top ten. Starting the list, the AMC Martial Arts Extravaganza Into the Badlands. You're a pretty good team. Like thunder and lightning. More like ball and chain. Season one aired in late 2015. Finally, season two aired this year. It's set in a dystopic future, focusing on the main character, Sonny, who is played by Daniel Wu. In the first season, he was a clipper, a hired gun-slash-assassin-slash-soldier for one of the regional barons. 
He went on to went on the run, and season two picks up with Sonny in a bad spot. But he's got a new buddy, played by Nick Frost of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz fame. The first season was a visual delight, a gorgeous show with a ballet of violence and blood. Season two promised more of that, and it delivered. Oh boy, did it deliver. But the best part for me was a delightfully hammy performance from New Zealand actor Martin Sokus as Baron Quinn. He was just so much fun. At number nine, a holdover from my top ten from 2017, the sci-fi largely set in space, The Expanse. We made a discovery on Phoebe. What happened on this station? Someone was testing a weapon. Phoebe may be a spark, but it will not end there. None of us know what we're dealing with. The proto molecule is proof that I'm not alone in the universe. Our job is to prevent a war with Earth. You ever wonder if we've got it backwards? Rasenante is ready to roll. I was third in command of a crappy ice hauler and now I'm leading a space station assault. Who are we? It's a declaration of war. Millions could die. You are a goat. Yeah, he's sitting this one out. The Expanse is based on a series of books. It's from the Sci-Fi Network in the U.S. It airs in Canada on space. Season 2 was outstanding fun. The initial review that drew me to the show in the first place was a comparison that it is Game of Thrones in space. I would say that's largely accurate because it's set a couple of hundred years in the future and everybody hates everybody. There are three factions of humans. There are the ones on Earth, the ones on Mars, and the ones on the belt, i.e. the asteroid belt beyond Mars. And someone is trying to start a war between all three of them. There's mystery, political intrigue, espionage, along with great visual effects for a TV show, and as it turns out, from what I understand, fairly accurate science. At number eight, King Ragnar Lothbrok and his dysfunctional family of Vikings. My father has returned. Perhaps he should not have come back. Your father's return brings calamity, chaos, tragedy, and death. I am not afraid. You should curse the day. The History Channel series enjoyed a glorious season four with some amazing battles and amazing performances. When Vikings started, I figured it was just trying to cash in on the medieval look of Game of Thrones, and maybe that's the case. I don't know, but I quickly learned to love its soapy and violent look at history, led by actor Travis Fimmel's maniacal performance of King Ragnar. Season five is coming later this year. Coming in at number seven. This is the tradition. It's turkey day. This is the family. This is the show that's become an obsession. Now a Critics' Choice nominee for Best Drama. Your family's amazing. This is the celebration you don't want to miss. I want every Thanksgiving to be like this for the rest of my life. New This Is Us. NBC's This Is Us, easily the biggest breakout hit of the 2016 fall season in terms of critical and commercial success. It's a family drama that consistently makes me and millions of other people cry on a weekly basis, sometimes tears of sadness, sometimes joy. This is also a holdover for my top 10 of 2016. There are two more seasons of This Is Us coming, with NBC taking the rare step 
of renewing the freshman drama for two more seasons. Coming in at number six. Survivor Game Changers, the CBS show which airs on Global in Canada, has been on now for 34 seasons. It debuted in 2001, and you would think a show that's been on for 34 seasons would be losing steam, but this is in fact getting better season after season, and this latest one was its best yet. If you are not familiar with Survivor, it's a reality show where a bunch of people get shipped off to some tropical location and are split into tribes. With only a handful of supplies, they have to survive, not just whatever island they're on, but they have to survive the game. they got to make it to the end without getting voted out. It's still one of the most popular shows in Canada and still a top 20 performer in the U.S. And after this season, I can understand why, because this season produced more mind-blowing moments than any other season, including this. There is deception here. Yeah. Deception on levels, Jeff, that these guys don't even understand. There's more. Continue. Why haven't you told anyone you're transgender? Contestant Jeff Varner outing Zeke as transgender. Are you kidding me? And that's kind of how the whole season was. It was just one jaw-dropping moment after another. It was incredible television for a show. I actually once abandoned for a couple of seasons... But I came back to it for the Heroes versus Villains season, and I hope to never leave again. Up next, my top five shows of 2017 so far. It's the mid-year edition of The Couch Potatoes. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett McGarry. Jeff Braun's away this week. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm counting down my top 10 television shows of 2017 so far since we're at the midpoint of the year. At number five, a show starring Sawyer from Lost, and Lori from The Walking Dead, it's Colony. We stay together. That's how we survive. I'm so scared. Rebellion is brewing in this camp. We are already pursuing advanced security measures for a new way forward. I can't live like this. I had to act. Why isn't this block at war? Why aren't people fighting for their lives? It's only the beginning. So yes, Colony is an alien invasion show, but don't let that dissuade you if you are not into sci-fi. Executive producer Carlton Cuse of Lost fame brings us Colony, which hails from the USA Network and airs on Bravo here in Canada. It's about a family in Los Angeles struggling to adapt and survive to the New World Order, which has seen aliens arrive and colonize the city. Josh Holloway and Sarah Wayne Callies are being pulled apart by the collaborators, aka the humans who are working with the aliens, and the resistance while they try to figure out the best way to protect their family. Season 2 shows the moment the aliens invade, but we still know very little about the aliens. The show aims to make you, the viewer, like the characters in the show, i.e. people who don't really know what's going on, except that the aliens will kill you if you try to escape or commit an act of defiance. Season 1 was in my top 10 last year for being a really good show. Season 2 was great! So intense, solid action, great human drama. It's a sci-fi that's very grounded in reality. I love it. Number 4! 
of my favorite shows of 2017 so far. It's actually another show from Carlton Cuse. It's the fifth and final season of Bates Motel. You shouldn't be living here alone. Living anywhere else is not an option. Can I get a room? I made all this up. I made you up. Stop it, mother, stop it! Buckle your seatbelt, Norman. When I first heard A&E was doing a prequel series based on Psycho, I thought, do we really need that? But I watched it and discovered a show with two wonderful lead actors, Vera Farmiga as Norma Bates and Freddie Highmore as Norman Bates. The show is not meant to be a direct prequel for the film. It's inspired by the movie and the book the movie was based on. So we don't see an evil, nasty Norma Bates as was suggested in the film. Instead, we get a loving and caring mother who maybe cares a little too much about Norman and tries too hard to protect him, even though he clearly has some mental wellness issues that she doesn't really deal with. Season 5 leads us at last to the circumstances presented in the film, where Marion Crane arrives at the Bates Motel with Rihanna playing the iconic character. Bates Motel is awesome. It's just a showcase for its two lead actors to chew the scenery. They just hit it out of the park this year. The first four seasons are available on Netflix. I'm sure season five will be there soon. Coming in at number three, it's a show I've already brought up today, Better Call Saul. Are you mad? I'm not mad. I'm just uh, thinking about things. For 10 minutes today, Chuck didn't hate me. I forgot what that felt like. As mentioned earlier, the Breaking Bad prequel on AMC may very well be the best straight-up drama on television. Our main character, Jimmy McGill, just a normal human being who cares about the people closest to him. Well, maybe not normal, but I mean, he down, down to his core, he's a good guy. He's not a total scumbag like he is portrayed in Breaking Bad. As the lawyer we know as Saul Goodman, Better Call Saul is meticulously shot and directed. Not a single frame on this show is without purpose. Every scene is compelling. I love this show. Looking forward to season four. At number two, a show that's a bit of a cheat because it's not actually a show from the year 2017. It's from 2015, but I didn't watch it until this year, so I'm going to run with it because you know what? Couch potatoes, I can do whatever I want. This is my show. The show I'm talking about is from Iceland. It's on Netflix and is called Trapped. What a wonderful language. That's one of the big reasons I enjoy this show so much. Just getting to listen to them speak Icelandic. It's such a, a lyrical language. Trapped is set in a tiny little harbor town at the end of a fjord in East Iceland, so it's got water and mountains all around. It is gorgeous. One of the most beautiful shows I have ever watched. And it felt relatable, because I mean, I guess being from Canada, watching a show set in a harsh winter environment was quite familiar. It's a murder mystery. A fishing boat hauls in a body, at least parts of a body, just as a big ferry is pulling in. And not long after the body is found in the ferry docks, a massive storm rolls along and cuts off the town 
from the rest of the world. It's an intense, claustrophobic mystery, and it's just a fabulous, fabulous show. Easily one of the best shows I think I've, quite frankly, ever watched. And I don't say that lightly. As far as individual seasons of television go, I really, really enjoyed Trapped. But my favorite show so far this year came with a beautiful theme song from famous composer Hans Zimmer. It's Planet Earth 2, the follow-up to the world-famous nature documentary series from 2006, which was narrated by Sir David Attenborough. He's also the narrator for this sequel, which used the latest and greatest 4K camera technology to get us closer to animals than ever before. Truly breathtaking footage. It first aired across the Atlantic last fall. It debuted in Canada and the U.S. on BBC Earth on Saturday, February 18th. Never have I so looked forward to having nothing to do on a Saturday night than stay home and watch TV because this series had me transfixed like perhaps no other series ever has. I just, I found myself watching all of this footage thinking, this can't be real. How do they get so close? Over the six episodes and the bonus seventh episode, which was a making of episode, this documentary shows you both the beauty and horror of nature, as well as the effect we're having on our planet without getting too preachy. And again, that Hans Zimmer theme was something else. So if you haven't seen Planet Earth 2, uh, do whatever you can to get your hands on it. It is magnificent. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett McGarry. Jeff Braun's back next week for the July movie preview. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. <laughs>